And everybody says, all right. Well, I just sense God is just moving already through uh, the worship. Do you sense God? I thought we'd just take a moment and just pray again because that's, that's the most important thing we can do when we, when we gather together. Lord, we are privileged to be where you are. And today, God, where you have placed us in this moment in time, we focus in on, Lord, how much you love us. It's amazing that you would come from heaven to earth, that you would lay yourself down, you would be crucified for us, and yet you would rise again to show us you have power over sin and death. And God, you won the victory. And today, God, we celebrate the fact that we are loved by you. We have been chosen and called. And God, I pray that you put something within us, those who say, yes, I'm following Jesus, that God, you would put something in us by your spirit that doesn't want to hold anything back from sharing the greatest story, that you would come down from heaven, that you would love us, show us the way, and bring us to you, God. Our prayer, God, is that you would shake us up, that you would mold us, that you would put a passion for people in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name, and everybody says together, all right. Good, good. Um, we are right smack dab in the middle of a series. And as Pastor Brian mentioned, if you're here with us uh, for the first, second, or third time, or just kind of checking us out, we just want to say we are so, so glad that you are here. From our heart to yours, we just are really glad that you're here. And for whatever reason, if you're just kind of checking things out, or maybe, you know, I need to get reconnected to God again, I just want you to know that everyone here in this room, there's no one here that's better than anybody else. No one's got this thing wired. I mean, we're grateful that we have a pathway to get to know God, but sometimes it's just hard in a world that's so contrary to the things of God to keep following God. And um, so we are a bunch of folks that are fumbling our way through this. And um, until we get to heaven where everything will be perfect and will be made new, um, I just want you to know you are welcome here. We are so glad that you're here. Exodus chapter 14, we're going to spend a few moments there if you want to have that ready in your Bibles, your iPhone, your iPad, whatever kind of iness you have. Um, and if you didn't bring any of those things, it's okay. We'll have it on the board here for in just a moment. I just um, wanted to start off by sharing with you something that happened to me. And oftentimes, as I'd mentioned, we did a series, remember, uh, a few months ago on hearing the voice of God. And often God will speak in the most inopportune moments, moments that I don't expect him to speak he speaks. And so um, I was invited, um, a, a true privilege, invited to um, pray at opening prayer at the 9-11 service that they had to remember 9-11 here in Mission Viejo. And they had the service, um, it was a few weeks ago, um, just down by the Oso Trail. And so um, as I received an email, a uh, lady's name is Leslie who works at the city, um, I said, you know, I, I, I want to come down and just meet you. I want to make sure that, you know, I'm dressed properly, whatever you want me to wear. And then I need to know exactly where I'm going. Please tell me, you know, all the details of what, what's going to be going on. Because it's such a um, holy moment to remember what happened in 9-11 and to honor. I want, really want to usher in and pray and, and do a good job. So I went down there to the city hall to meet meet her for just a few minutes. And so as I was walking through, I'd been there many times before in City Hall. But I happened to notice, I guess because I just had a few extra moments on my hand, that I noticed the details of the city that I didn't know. 
And I found that by picking up this book that was laying uh, on one of the entryway areas. And it says, Mission Viejo, The Ageless Land. And basically what it is, it's a history of the city of Mission Viejo, as we know now. And I was fascinated at how many details and uh, to get where we are today, all the events that happened. I, I, um, I, I remembered back when they had, remember when they had, some of you might remember they had the Olympics here. They had the bikes, remember? And then they had um, the diving and swimming and everything. And that President Ford was here. Governor Reagan was here speaking. I mean, there's some pretty important stuff that went on in this little town of Mission Viejo. And I, I got to thinking about that, that I had not been able to appreciate where I am, because I had missed the details of that, because I was so um, focused on my event that was happening in that moment, I missed the details of the city of Mission Viejo. And I want to say this, in sharing our faith, we're talking about this whole series, bringing them back alive. We're talking about bringing people from death to life, helping people to see the greatest message known to all of humanity, that there is a God in heaven who created us, that he loves us, he wants personal relationship with us, and beyond having life in its fullness here on earth, by, powered by his Holy Spirit, he gives us a ticket, a free ticket into heaven because we received him and we repented of all the stuff that we've done. And God does a little thing called grace, and he gave us grace, and now we're saved by God's grace. And that is the message that God wants us to share with people. I wanted to talk today about sometimes we're so quick to move or so slow to move, we miss the details of God. And I have found this, that I learn more about God than sometimes when I'm going through something that I don't like. When I'm going through some difficulty, when I'm going through a storm of life, it is there that I find the details of God's nature, that he's patient, that he's loving and kind, that he's gentle, that he's tender, that he is long-suffering with me, and yet he is all truth. God never compromises. He never takes shortcuts. He never panics. God is not in heaven going, well, I just don't know what we're going to do now. They've really got themselves in a mess. He never does that, and therefore, I can take refuge in my God. I want us at MVCC so much to be in love with God because we love him because he first loved us. It doesn't make sense that God loved me first when I was in complete rebellion against him for the first 18 years of my life, yet he loved me through all of that. God, I just want to love you back. Everything we do in life now is because we love God. And we see people through the eyes of Jesus. We see people that are just lost. People that are searching for life, just like we used to search for life. But often, if you're in a place, if you're in a place right now that is really difficult in life, and you don't have answers, and you don't know why, and it's really a place that you do not want to be, I just want to say, welcome to the club. They say there's three places that you and I are in life. We're either in something... Or we're coming out of something, or we're on our way into something. So for all of you that aren't in anything and think you never have to go through something, we are so happy for you. (laughs) Because life just has a way, doesn't it? Now here's why I just want to wrap all this up here in my introduction, is oftentimes when I'm going through something I don't like, or I'm in a struggle, or I am in a fits with God, and I don't understand him, and I told him, I'm not talking to you today, God, because I don't like what you're doing in my life right now. When I have those moments, it is often that that is the prime moment to share the good news with someone. 
I think that people are not looking for everyone who has it all together because nobody does, right? They're looking for someone who's real, someone who's authentic, someone who's willing to stand up and say, I'm afraid. I have dealt with fear. I deal with anxiety. I have all these things going on in my life and things in the past that I'd rather not go into, but this is real life stuff. And the only way I could get through it is because of Jesus Christ, man. Jesus Christ brought me through it, and I know he's got a purpose. And even though I don't like it, even though I'm stuck or feel like I don't like this moment, God, you are there, and I know you have a purpose. And God, if there's anything in my life that you can use, even in the storm of life, that someone can grab onto and see the Savior, then God, I'm willing, I'm game. Are you with me? So I want to talk today about fears and insecurities about sharing our faith. And if you're like me, there's often times... I think sometimes, maybe in church life, we think that pastors always share their faith and they're never afraid. That's simply not true. There have been moments that I have been weak. There have moments that I have cowed down. There have been moments that I was so afraid and I did not share my faith in every moment. I just want to say again, we are all in the same boat together. So what are we so afraid of? Barna has a research group that they go across America and they do survey after survey after survey in Christianity and church life in America. And here are the top four reasons why we are afraid, and people were honest and shared why they're afraid to share their faith. Number one is fear of rejection. I don't like being rejected. I don't think there's any one of us wake up in the morning and say, I just can't wait for rejection today, you know? Maybe in your business life or school, you're a student. I just cannot wait to fail. I cannot wait for that professor in my class and university to stand up and say, you know what, I don't believe the Bible. And all you Christians, you don't know what you're talking. I just love rejection. Or man, I am door-to-door salesman. I sell solar panels and I just get, can't wait for those 99 no's, you know, but I maybe get one. We don't wake up that way. So there's something within us that is just human We don't like to be rejected. And if I share Christ with someone, they may reject the message and they may reject me. Second, ready for number two is fear of losing reputation. Fear of losing reputation. Now, I I have a simple form for this is that when we become Christian, when we give our lives to Jesus, he becomes our reputation. So really, I have no reputation to lose, right? In fact, it says in Philippians chapter 2 that Jesus became of no reputation as he laid himself down on a cross because he loves us so much. So why do we worry about reputation? I don't know. We just do. What will they think of me? What if they leave me? Which leads to number three, the fear of being inadequate. That was number three across America, why we don't share our faith. We're afraid of not having the answers. We're afraid someone's going to push against us. We are afraid that maybe we will forget. And number four is fear of physical loss or harm. I think this one, number four, resonates probably, hopefully, with most of us. Where we live here in America, we don't so much, I think, fear that physical harm that someone's going to come after us. But in some parts of the world, that's a real thing. But I think... Loss of friend, loss of relationship, loss of business partnership. You could fill in the blank in anything. And if you're like me, I think we all have at one time or another felt all or one of those at some time when we've been presented with sharing the good news of Jesus with someone. Would you agree? 
So now I want to give you some helpful help out of Exodus 14, because the whole nation of Israel back in the Old Testament were standing before an opportunity that was, I venture to say, that was probably the most fearful moment of their entire life. Now, a little bit of background before we read Exodus 14. This is in the Old Testament where Moses was leading. Do you remember this, the movie Moses, uh, the Ten Commandments, some of Cecil B. DeMille did this, Charlton Heston, right? And so he's, he's in this moment where he has heard God and he felt inadequate, do you remember? And he actually went away and said, God, you got the wrong guy. God has a wonderful way of making sure that his plan and his purpose will prevail. In fact, what I love about God is that he looked at Moses who was a murderer, Remember that? Back in Exodus, he actually murdered someone because he was a different race and what he was doing to the Israelite people. And God says, there's a man I can use on my program. There's something inside of Moses that I can use him. 400 years. Now, I want you to think about this with me because 400 years is a long time. And they were in captivity to the nation of Egypt. And they were in, in, in uh, strict to Uh, hard labor for 400 years. And now the time has come where God has released them and they're wandering in the wilderness and Moses is leading them hopefully to the promised land. I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like there's a wandering season of life. You ever felt that way? God, where are you? What are you doing? What's happening? I don't understand this. And because they missed keeping their eyes focused, so focused on the Lord, they wandered for a period of time. But what I love about God is he's faithful. If God said it, he'll come through with it. If he told them that he is a faithful God, then he will be faithful to carry out his plan. And so he rescues his people, even though they wandered and they strayed away from him. Now, how in the world are we going to get across this Red Sea? That's where we're going to be today. The Red Sea is right in front of them, and there are chariots, there are horsemen, there is the entire Egyptian army that is after them because Pharaoh changed his mind when he told Moses, okay, let my people go. Do you remember that moment after there were 10 plagues? Let my people go. And yet in this moment, he he regrets what he's done. You ever had buyer's remorse for something? Anybody buy a car and the next day go, what did I do? I can't believe it. Anybody get married and the next, no, no, no. Yeah, ouch, sorry. I didn't mean to be personal on that one. That's where Pharaoh was. Can't believe what I just did. I want them back because I'm not going to be able to build my kingdom unless I have all of those Israelites back where I want them. So he sends out his army, he goes before them, and the Israelites know they are standing right in front of the Red Sea. Now let's read this together, and here is what God said through Moses. Now I gotta just put yourself in the mind, in this context with me. These people are, they they are doomed. There's no way across. There's the army that's coming after them. There's, There's no place to go. If we could say they are completely surrounded. Ever felt like you've been completely surrounded by someone or something? Okay, but Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. For the Lord himself will fight for you. Just 
stay calm. Man, that is the word today. We could probably just go home and watch a whole lot more football this morning, but we'll get through, we'll get through because there's a couple of points that I want to see out of this. Number one, he says this, do not be afraid. What he really means there is he's in the Hebrew, if we really dig down into that, he's saying, don't let fear rule your life. He's not saying you should never be afraid because the fact of the matter is we're all afraid at times in life. There's a certain amount of fear that actually is good to keep us from harm. But what he's saying is if you allow your fear to so paralyze your life, you will not be able to move and see my glory. Because God is going to do the most, I believe, one of the most amazing miracles in the Old Testament. He's going to, in a moment, he's going to part the Red Sea with his fingertips. It's going to be amazing. So do not fear. Number one is be fearless. Number two is to be still. Now, again, the Hebrew context means to stand firm. It does not mean just stand there. It means stand firm on his word. If God said it, he'll do it. If, if God has made a promise to me through the word of God, he will carry it through. Amen? So God is saying to the people of Israel, just like he's saying today, I want you to just picture the person in your life that you would love to see them come to God. You would love to see them just by just just touched with the love of God and their whole life transform and God do an overhaul in their entire life, right? Everyone's got someone in their life. But I just, I'm afraid if I, how do I open up this conversation? How do I get into this moment? What if, what if, what if, what if? Be fearless, be still, stand your ground. And number three is to be watchful, to watch. So how do we put all this into practicality? When we face a lost person, which remember, we were all lost at one point, right? All agreed? We were all lost. And Jesus found us, so thank God he did. And now we are just followers on a journey to Jesus Christ until the day we meet him forever and ever and ever in a real place called heaven. Number one is to live fearless, but choose humility. I think... I really do think people are not looking for a sermon. They're looking for God in someone. Someone who's willing to put themselves behind others. That doesn't mean that we don't love ourselves. That doesn't mean that we don't respect ourselves. That doesn't mean that we don't care. It just means that we are always looking out for someone else first. Just the way Jesus did. So we can be fearless and be humble. Being fearless is, is, is a common thing. We've all, or been fearful, I should say. We've all been fearful of something. We've all been fearful in that moment. It's interesting to me that God says, do not be afraid in different contexts, not with those exact words, but do not fear, fear not. 365 times throughout the Bible. 365 times, that's all year, one a day. Why? Because we are, I think, we struggle with fear in different levels. Paul told Timothy, Tim, in the New Testament, Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, in two, 2 Timothy 2.17, God has not given you a spirit of fear, man. He gave you a spirit of power, love, and sound mind. Don't make friends with fear. Don't just adopt fear and feel, well, this is just really a part of my life. In Proverbs 29.25, fearing people is a dangerous trap, God said. But trusting the Lord means safety. So really, what do I have to fear? People, what someone's going to say? 
I'm more concerned about pleasing God. I want us at MVCC to be so concerned. Our first priority, God, what can I do for you today, Lord? How, how do I not be afraid? Take a deep breath internally. Sometimes when I'm afraid, there's a phrase that I learned a long, long time ago when I lived in Hawaii through this one of my pastor mentors who was in my life. He was an older, older guy, and I was about 25 years old, and I just loved to just talk to him and just listen because the things that came out of his mouth were like golden. And he told me one time, whenever I'm afraid, I just remember this to take a deep breath. Abba, Father, I belong to you. God, I belong to you. Daddy, Heavenly Father, whatever you want to put in I belong to you. And I pray a verse over myself. I don't know about you, but I need verses. I need verses over my life. Because if I'm left to myself, human nature is we are prone to wander. We all do that. Do not be afraid. He says, do not be afraid. Do not let fear rule our life. Now, some commentators, I just want to put this visual up here of the Israelites going through this Red, the Red Sea experience. Some commentators actually believe, and we were talking about this in one of our staff meetings, that the people actually had to step into the water as the water was rising and keep going. I don't know for sure, but this visual helps me a little bit more to understand the fear of that moment of stepping into the Red Sea. Agreed? Power, love, sound mind. There are some days I don't feel like I have a sound mind. There are some days I feel like I'm going insane. I'm going crazy. Let me just share something that happened just recently. I'm going to call this the day from, and you can fill in the blank or whatever you want to call it. It was early morning. We had our Tuesday morning early prayer meeting. And um, I, I, I can't just show up to the prayer meeting because I lead the prayer meeting. It's for our pastoral team. And I love doing it. But there are some times that things just come quickly. You know, I'm just, I'm, I've studied, I've prepared, I feel like I have what God wants me to say. And this was one of those mornings where I was just feeling ill-prepared. I had tried, studied, nothing was coming. Literally, I'm walking up the stairs, and I feel like, God, I'm not prepared. I don't know what to do here. God, I need you. So the day started off that way. Then I had an early morning uh, memorial service for one of our dear brothers here lost his wife, unexpected. And he said, um, Pastor Mike, could you please come and do the funeral? I said, absolutely, I will. And I said, only under one condition. You don't pay me. I'm doing this because we, we love you. We're family. So it's, it's not about that. So I did his funeral, which was just, it was just, it was just hard. Some of the people in the family at that particular memorial service were of a different faith. And they grieve differently. They grieve with sorrow in their heart because they just, they didn't know, some of them didn't know the Lord. Thank God that, that one of our brothers here who lost his wife at 40 years of age, he knew the Lord. So inside I knew that he knows I'm going to see my wife again. So it was just, it was just a tough memorial over at El Toro Memorial Park. Then I had to rush to Costa Mesa um, down the 405 freeway. I had to get there in time because there's no way you can be late. I was um, doing some Bible studies, uh, one-minute devotionals on K-Wave radio station. So I had to do the recording in the K-Wave studio. This is like where Chuck Smith used to sit, right there. Greg Laurie's right here, man. And I just, you know, it's a privilege to be able to do the radio one-minute devotional programs. And they let me say, this is Pastor Mike Maiola from Mission Vale Christian Church. You can visit us at mvcchome.org. And then I do a little one-minute devotional. So I had to do well in that. And they, when they record those, those have to go off well. I had 20 of them that I had to do. And so um, by the sixth one, I'm like, 
Then I rushed home to check on my wife. I just, I didn't want to call her. I just wanted to see her just to check to see how she was doing. And then later that evening, I had a counseling session with some folks who just could not put their marriage back together. It was just one of those, not every day is like that. But at the end of the day, I feel like I'm going nuts. And I felt like I was one step behind everything. Ever feel that way? And now you're telling me you want me to witness to somebody about Jesus, the love of Jesus. Yeah, because it's in those moments that God can give us strength, that God can cover us with his grace, even when we feel at our weakest. In the name of Jesus, I need you, God, now for this moment. I think we ought to be just that much more prompted to pray prayers like that. God, I'm so desperate for you. You've got to meet me here in this moment because without you, God, I'm nothing. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle this situation. I don't know, God, what's coming. God, I need you. In the name of Jesus Christ, devil, out of here. Israel was completely surrounded. They are afraid. And the command is, even though you feel afraid... I don't want you to act out in fear. When you are with someone and there is a moment, there is an opportunity. So you go to that church behind the donut shop, MVCC, right? That is an open door. So, oh, yeah, I go, look, sometimes I go to children. Why? Because I'm afraid if I go too far, I might lose the friendship. I might lose the business. I might just look really Weird. One of those religious fanatics. It's okay to be afraid. What he's saying is, I see the waters rising, but God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to step in and say, yeah, you know what? I'll tell you what. I love my church. This is the greatest people. When we're just, we're just trying to follow the Lord together, and I, I don't know where maybe you're at. Tell me, where are you at with, did, did you have church upbringing? Simple questions to get a conversation going, and then it comes natural, right? Oh, you, you would love, in fact, if you, we would love for you to come. In fact, we're having this big fall fest on October, the end of October. The last, it's going to be just amazing. Great place for kids, big barbecue. It's just a lot of fun. When's the last time you just, for free, came to a place and just had a lot of fun? And, and, and you invite the, the way of just speaking through the heart. You'd love the music. The music's amazing. And we did, they just redid the, the building on the inside. And there's plenty of parking and preaching's eh. But you'll love the church. People are awesome. And you just, you never know until you step into the waters. Right? Now I guarantee this. I guarantee you. I don't have this thing mastered, but I'm trying. That when I have an open door, I'm not suggesting that we just force everybody. Do you want to know Jesus Christ as your savior? And if you don't, you're going to hell. And if you don't, you can't get back. All these, and people are like, dude, get away from me. Yikes. And I think I've had some of those experiences when I was in high school. Some folks that were just, they were too on fire, man. They were burning. (laughs) Don't be afraid. Insecurities are a part of all of us. And yes, even us guys, we have things that we're insecure about. But I know, 
I know there's a God in heaven who loves me. And he wouldn't have opened that door unless he was going to give me the faith and the confidence in him and the humility that he's given me. Being able to step into that moment with somebody you never know. When Remember, um, those of you who have young children, do you, um, T-ball, remember T-ball? It is the dumbest <laughs> baseball game ever because they don't keep score. Nobody cares. And you're out there in the sweltering heat in Mission Viejo, right, playing. But I remember when Michael played T-ball because I had practiced with him from like he was, he had like baseball on the brain. He just came out with the stats from all these baseball players. He would watch TV. We would go to angel games. He just loved baseball. So some of the kids in T-ball, when they were playing, they hadn't yet played baseball yet. They're little, you know, they... So Michael, when you put the ball on the tee, he yells out, everybody ready? And he swings and he nails that thing. I mean, goodbye, Mr. Spaulding, man. It's gone. And, and I don't know if you just T-ball, all the kids stay together and they move around like a beehive or something. They just all, nobody, nobody knows what they're doing. It's the dumbest thing ever. And then when we signed Jonathan up, I said, Jonathan, you're going to play T-ball this year. Okay, Jonathan's just there. Isn't it interesting? You can have two, three, four, five children, and they're all different. I don't know how that works. God pre wired him a certain way, but Jonathan's like the first game. He says, Dad, I don't like this. I don't like T ball. I said, Dude, you're we started, you're gonna finish. So his first time up, this was after T ball. Now there's regular pitching from a machine. <laughs> so he hits the ball and it dribbles down the first first base. I said, Jonathan, run, run, run. What? Run, run. And he's like a bobblehead. He's got that big thing on, you know, and he's running to first base and he got thrown out. But I'll tell you what, no matter whether they get thrown out or miss it or make a fumble or do something wrong, I'll tell you what, Jonathan plays the guitar like nothing else compared to Michael. Michael can hit a baseball farther than Jonathan. Tell you what, Everything about my boys that's good and some of the things that I want them to prove on, they know, hopefully they know, there's a father who loves them. That I love those boys with everything I have. When you stand in front of someone, you so prayed for them to come to the Lord and there's an open moment for you just to naturally just be who you are and invite someone into that. You gotta know that there is a God who loves you He is working through you. And yeah, you may fumble. You may miss the T-ball. You may run to first base and get thrown out. That's okay. It's planting seeds. As long as your heart is there, there's planting seeds. And God can certainly bring someone to water, someone to cause the growth. Man, I'm so glad that God doesn't leave it all up to us. He's the one that's instigating and infiltrating. He wants everybody to have an opportunity to know him. And wants us to step up to the plate. Number two is to be still, to stand firm. Stand still. Don't freak out. Don't act like everything depends on you. Everything comes from God. He's our source. We talked about that last week. But Moses, we're looking at this water. Don't you think maybe we should build a boat, dude? Because the Egyptian army, they're coming. Where's the bows and arrows? How are we going to fight? We're going to use harsh language. That's not going to do anything. Moses, do something. Stand still. Why did God say to stand still, stand firm? 
Because God, through his handiwork, was going to separate those two walls, that, two walls of water that would become now and they could get through. It said it took over 24 hours to get one million people through the Red Sea. Must have been awesome. Sometimes God makes us lie down in green pastures in Psalm 23. Because he may want to speak to us. He may want to equip us. So that when he asks us to step into something that's really fearful, we'll be able to do it in his power. I will give you the words to say. Don't worry, Mike. Don't worry. Matthew 10, 18 to 20. You will stand before people, governors, kings, dignitaries, he says, because you are my followers. But this will be the opportunity to tell them about me. Don't worry about what what you shall say. God will give you the right words at the right time. It will not be you. It will be the Holy Spirit speaking through you. Isn't that great? It takes the pressure off of us trying to make something happen. That's Matthew, if you want to jot down 10, 18 to 20. I love those. And number three, the last, before we get to the fourth one here, is be watchful. Be watchful, man. Keep my eyes open. They are watching as they're walking through. Can you feel the wind on your face, the spray of the Red Sea hitting your body? Can you just see with me one million people approximated that had walked through that Red Sea? And yet God is saying, I want you to be watchful. Watchful for what? Watchful for what I am going to do. When they asked you, hey, you go to that church? What do you believe about God? Watching for open opportunities. Not not to get a word in, not to get a notch in your belt, not to get one more. Because you, why? Because we love people. We love people the way God does. I want you never to forget, God says to the people of Israel, I want you never to forget what I'm gonna do here. Parting the Red Sea is a moment in your life that I never want you to forget. So, when the opportunity comes, or you sense that there might be an opportunity to share or invite, it's okay to say, would you like to? There's many opportunities. Remember last week we talked about having a word of knowledge, having a word of wisdom. As people are talking to us, we can be praying, and God can give us insight into where they are. That's the thing I love about Jesus. Whenever he talked to someone, he was the master storyteller And then he would hit people with the truth because he loved them so much that I am a God who created you and I have a purpose and plan for you. And he wants everyone to step into that. And when there's that opportunity, it's okay to ask questions. Hey, have you ever thought about maybe just why we're here? Have you ever wondered, what are we doing on earth? Where are we going? Where's the destiny? Is there something beyond this life? Have you ever thought about those things? What's your church upbringing like? What do you believe about God? Would you like to come to Fall Fest at MVCC with me? We would love to have you. Would you like to know God? And somebody, they're primed and ready. They're ready to accept Jesus now. You just take their hands. You say, well, let's just pray and ask Jesus to come into our lives. Let's do that together. You just never know 
but we always want to be watching for lost souls, right? Okay, number four is this. Choose to see people through the eyes of Jesus and invite them. Simply invite. And so I just want to leave us with this because I have to fight this. Don't negotiate with yourself. Once I start negotiating in here and start wondering if this, if I do this, then this will happen. What if you may have lost a moment? When they crossed the Red Sea and they got to the other side, just curious, what do you think they did when they got through? Party, right? And then they looked back and saw as all of the Egyptian army and Pharaoh, as God caved in these two walls of the Red Sea, as it plummeted them down to the bottom. You know, it's interesting. If you do some studying, if you, you can Google this stuff, they actually found where that was. They found chariot uh, wheels and parts of the army that were there at the bottom of the sea. It's just amazing. But I got to believe when they got to the other side, man... I am so, God is faithful. God, you are faithful. And the moment that you have a moment to help somebody to come to know God, I think about the verse that says, there is more rejoicing in heaven over one lost person who comes home. Isn't that what we want to be about? Thank you so much for joining us at Mission Vale Christian Church. Just know that we always have live services here every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. We'd love to have you here, and we'll see you next time.